Leo season. It is Leo season, isn't it? Yeah, do you not feel it? Yeah, I do feel it. Isn't it always Leo season? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me and Enoch have both have sunglasses on in the studio right now. Yeah. We're hiding our eyes from the light. Yeah. We feel like um we feel like Selena Gomez when she has to like go and put a brave face on when she goes to perform, but deep down she's like broken inside because we had to wake up so early this morning. Yeah, these these Monday mornings really take it out of me. <laughs> Do you have any tips about how to like get over a Monday trauma of just waking up? No, I think that's just like encoded within the suffering of existence. I'm <sighs> sorry. Yeah. Have yeah. you yeah. We've also gotten really into vitamins this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I took it out on the high herb because I went sober for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Like a whole two weeks, and then um. Took and it out. you did an eye herb haul. Ashwagandha. I heard, please sponsor us. Please. Oh, yeah. Also, we got Apple TV gave us a free login. <laughs> yeah, we've really we've got a free login to Apple TV. Oh, my God. Because we in. complained about it on an earlier episode. When we, we had, had a talk. Yeah, and we had to because we paid for no hard feelings on Apple TV. I actually, I do remember this. Yeah. So now there really are no hard feelings, but before there were. Yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Today, we are, we have movie news coming up. We've also, we're doing two takes. We're reviewing the Matildas game. And then we've also got an interview with um, the MIF artistic dire- dire- director. Okay. <laughs> Come on, remix. Well, who, who's, what's happening? I'm at MIF. Yeah. Well, that's, that's everything I feel. Should we play the, yeah. the little... Yeah, we've got some news. A little sting. That's gossip. Oh. Oh, was I supposed mm-hmm. to do that? Yeah. News. And that's gossip. That's gossip. I love that thing. What's in movie news, Enoch? Um, well, you were mentioning something earlier this morning at breakfast about Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier has shared an ad seeking a girlfriend slash muse for his next work. Okay, what? Um, the ad was on Instagram and he said that <laughs> he has Parkinson's, OCD, and at the moment controlled alcohol- alcoholism. Right. Um, and he's looking for a girlfriend. So applications <laughs> are open. I might apply. It sounds like my type. I'm tempted to apply. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be cast in a Lars von Trier film. Is he still making movies? Um. Yes, but I don't think... They're as popular as they used to be. Yeah, right. Also, in other movie news, Florence Pugh has hit the SAG after our picket lines in Los Angeles. <laughs> With a new pixie cut. And holding a sign that says, Grr, this is bullshit. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about Florence Pugh? Well, this is the thing. Can we talk about how we don't see eye to eye on Florence Pugh? Because I love her. I think she's the actress of our generation. I personally don't like her at but, all. But why? Okay, here's the thing. Obviously, we have a show where we voice our opinions and we have to back our opinions every okay. time. I'm not going to just say I hate Florence Pugh and not have a reason, well, no but said, I will be no honest with me. you. I don't have a reason. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's just innate. Well, okay. There's a few things with Florence Pugh for me. Number one, she's really Australian to me. She feels like like a school captain that would have bullied me in school and given me a detention. Yeah, right. She's so got that sort of like drama nerd, like... Byron Bay coded. Yeah. Um... Well, she looks really Australian in this picket line look. 
Yeah, everyone go when if you have an opportunity, please Google this photo. She kind of gives the vibe of like I reckon she cons- had a meeting with her lawyers before going to the picket lines just to just to talk about what if I get arrested, yeah. what do I do? Yeah, like she's she kind of is. Well, it sounds like I hate her, but I actually yeah, love exactly. her. <laughs> well, what do you, well, what do you love about Florence Pugh? Um, Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson. She plays her Russian younger sister. Okay, it was real to me. Really, it's it's one of the best performances ever. It's actually my favorite superhero movie, Black Widow. Yeah, wow. And there's also been some backlash on Disney's Snow White. Has well, yes. Yeah. So, um, the Disney Snow White remake has copped a whole lot of backlash because Rachel Zegler, who has been cast as Snow White. Um, she's done a few interviews and has gone viral. I guess she's just not media trained. Um, How old is she? I think she's a teenager. Oh, um, but she has... She's basically complained about her role in being cast as Snow White and she's mentioned that she like never watched it when she was a kid. Well, this is the thing about Zoom is they're apathetic. It's not cool to work. Yeah. And also, I guess it's like, expected that if someone's going to play a certain character, they should have been a fan. Like, it's like... Everyone knows Andrew Garfield dressed up as Spider-Man yeah, yeah, and then yeah. got cast in it. It's like he's manifested this, like... It's the natural trajectory of things. Exactly. Yeah. Um, she sounds like a Red Scare listener. She does. Yeah. What else is happening with the Snow White thing, Enoch? Um, so there was something around the dwarves being casted as average-sized people. And I guess, like, dwarf actors are, like... Complaining um, about that. Like, th- this role's literally made for our community. Yeah. I guess the whole thing is that, like, the movie's framed to not be a love story and it's kind of like a career-focused film, whatever. But what if we want a movie about a princess who falls in love and takes care of people around her? Because I'm also a huge romantic, so, like, I also watched... Since you've last seen me, I watched Notebook for the first time. Oh, my God, of course. And I was shook. How did you feel about The Notebook? Like, I wanted to text every person I had ever had an interaction with. Like, (laughs) do... Do you still think about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really plays on all my vulnerabilities as a person. Yeah. But I just think it was like, I I actually love watching romance and me people too. really yearning for it and fighting for love. Yeah. It's great. Like, yeah. I think that's, it's something that I've realised too, just being a downright hopeless romantic yeah. and how satisfying it is. There's, because yeah. how cool is it to care and to love and to want to know your love? And sometimes, like, a true love's kiss does fix things. No, Exactly. Anyway. And it yeah. turns you... It's like, what's it when the princess kisses the frog and he turns into a prince? A woman's kiss can turn a frog Wait, into wasn't a that in Shrek? Or Is that Shrek? No, I mean, it's just a fairy tale. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, No, right. Shrek is the only fairy tale that ever existed. Um, but also, in other movie news, an Australian yeah. man has sent... What has he sent, Enoch? Shit and piss to, to Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp and Leonardo DiCaprio. This all feels like... It's, it feels like a bad dream. Like, it, I can't believe this has happened. But he's he sent it a couple s- times. Send it a couple times to bring awareness to environmentalism. And I guess like that's our leading question for people listening. Text in oh four oh nine nine four five nine four five. What's the craziest thing you've done for attention? <laughs> Keeping it relatively PG thirteen, but still, you know, we we want all types of crazy to be embraced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Text in and let us know. So, coming up on take two, it is going to be some discussion on the Matildas documentary. Take two. Okay, so we are reviewing the Matildas documentary. But plot twist. I love a good plot twist. We're introducing a new segment. 
called Pitch Off. Pitch Off. Yeah. Mm. So we're not going to actually be reviewing what we're going to be doing there and this is like a surprise for you is mm-hmm. we're pitching because me and Priya actually really got into the FIFA the football just the like football. everyone else um I felt really patriotic for the first time ever first time ever I've I been forced like, to watch soccer my whole life and this is really like, yeah are you a soccer family just by my friends actually I'm actually friends with people who love football it's quite surprising <laughs> but I actually went to the game I went to the Tillys game yeah. I went to the stadium. Were you doing the oi oi oi's? I was doing the oi oi oi's. I was also doing the Mexican waves, <laughs> which is like a thing that they do at the games. <laughs> but um, I actually have a very interesting... I've, I'm bringing up a meme, so it's I'm referring to yeah. a meme here, which is this whole idea that stadiums are ritual energy extraction sites because NFL stadiums look like eyes from above. And so there's this whole, like... <laughs> theory that like groups of people cheering on and like the kind of like positioning of it like everyone's cheering on this like sports match it's actually really really dark energy well you know i shot a short film in a stadium did you why because you like the lighting yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like free lighting free lighting it's so true oh my god that's actually scary did you feel that while you're at the stadium yeah i did feel that yeah um are we going to get into the pitch off do you want to let me know what your do you want to read out your pitch to me Okay, um, so I start first? Yeah, go. Okay. Ready to pitch. Okay, so this is Long Hair Don't Kerr, the Sam Kerr story. <laughs> um, so Sam Kerr, performed by Taylor Schilling, comes head-to-head with the CEO of FIFA after she escapes into the real world where she learns the bone-chilling reality of patriarchy. Wait, that's Barbie. No, so this is Tadler, so for men. And we're beginning with a dolly zoom on Sam Kerr. It's 1-1, not the ratio, the tiebreaker. It's 2025. It's the grand finale. Suddenly voices, screams and gunshots fill the screen of a dark, unhinged past. This is the story of what Sam Kerr left behind to become the player she is today. And we are now years earlier and it's a young Sam Kerr working directly under John Abraham. He (laughs) says to her, you'll go far, but my number one rule of life, everything comes out in the wash. As tensions rise and loyalties are tested, Sam finds herself torn between two worlds, women's soccer and the Sydney underworld. And when both the football field and the field that is the underbelly of Sydney begin to blur, how many excuses for bloodstains on a Tilly's jersey can she get away with as her team and partner begin to grow suspicious? I don't want open. I'm not cheating, she screams in a gut-punching scene. As her public persona continues to shine, her crew's operations become increasingly audacious and dangerous. Audacious, you reckon? <laughs> Has she become addicted to the thrill of almost being caught? Has she unlocked the histrionic monster buried deep within all of us? That man you just murdered was a single dad of five. Is she in over her head? Or has she has she been heading too many balls during football rehearsals? Heading too many balls when they headbutt yeah, the balls? Yeah, headbutt yeah, the balls. Yeah. I had to Google what that phrase was. Yeah. Then it all begins to crumble around her. It's too much because what this story is about is Sam's is learning that she yearns for a normal life where she can spend $400 down at Piccolo Bar on a Sunday night celebrating nothing but the mundane. At the heart of this story is a meditation on what it means to grow up in your 20s in Sydney, something that is universal to everyone who is 20s in their Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> This is Long Hair Don't Cur, the Sam Kerr story. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Would you watch? 100% I would watch this. That's very compelling. Thank you. You know, long hair, but I do care. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Priya? Okay, Priya. Okay, Okay, so 
Okay, so, well, firstly, what does Aussie, 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 Oi, Oi, Oi actually mean? Well, it's actually taken from a British um, phrase, I think, Oggy, 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 Oggy. Right. Which is a song. Not that I, okay, do I know Okay, so that? I'm pitching my, my movie, but it's actually a TV show. I'm actually okay. pitching a TV show. All right. So I'm pitching a, a Wattpad-inspired love story, okay. kind of like the Netflix movie about Harry Styles, directed by <laughs> Catherine Hardwick, who did Twilight. Oh. It's a five-part series. Episode one, The Footwork. <laughs> <laughs> Samka is 12 years old. She's just watched She's the Man and Bennett like Beckham. It's the only two movies she has access to, and therefore her world is unfolding around football. She sits down and she starts to journal. Sam Kerr has actually discovered manifestation here and the law of attraction. And at this point, her journey begins. Meet Kristen Allen. I made this name up. <laughs> the fiercely determined captain with emerald eyes that sparkled like the field under the sun's caress. With a quick wit and an even quicker foot, she was a heart and soul <laughs> for the Yet beneath her confident exterior lay a secret that threatened to shatter her carefully constructed facade. She was in love with Sam, the captain. This is episode... Now I'm going into episode two. Oh, okay. A We're forbidden doing... connection. We <laughs> doing a whole series, bitch. Kerr is the team's star forward, and that was something more than just a friendly admiration in Kristen's gaze. Something forbidden and unspoken. Mm. The ladies start to spend more time together on, on and off the field. A powerful connection blossoms. Half-time heart-to-hearts. Late-night conversations turn from strategy to personal secrets, and stolen glances ignited sparks that neither of them could de- deny. Oh, my God. Um, I want to write that episode. They start making TikToks together. They start setting each other Florence the Machine songs. They're bonding over Vance Joy. Anyway, cut to... I'm just going to skip to episode four, which is called Rain Soaked Confessions. (laughs) (laughs) Under a blue Libra moon, under the pouring rain. (laughs) Emotions reach a breaking point. Close-ups of tears mixed with raindrops. The girls battle their emotions. And that's kind of all I got up to, but I think the next episode (laughs) is going to be called Yours, Mine and Tilly. The sequel? Oh, or Tilly and Me? Tilly and Me is like a feature for the series. Yeah. I feel like this poeticism is definitely leading up to The Wasteland, though, as like a, a title track for, for an episode. Yeah. yeah. I think it would have a, its own soundtrack, your... Well, your... yeah, it would be The Choice of Arn. Have Choice I of Arn's Rush. We've actually just pitched bio, bio, biopics. Biopics? Biopics. I think we're going to go to a song because we've been yeah. talking oh. for too I'm going to okay. deliberate. I am going to have some fresh thoughts. This one here is by RXK Nephew. It's Sersha Ronan and it comes with a language warning here on FBI Radio 94.5. That right there, Sosha Ronan by RXK Nephew. You have tuned in to FBI Radio 94.5. It is Movies, Movies, Movies with me, Deb Marcus, joined in the studio by the lovely Priya and Enoch. If you have just tuned in as well, we have actually just undergone Pitch Off, which is a new segment where Priya and Enoch have both presented their lovely and compelling and poetic and gripping Thank ideas you. for a TV series and also a film. And and I am so torn between the two. Yeah. I really am. And I want you both to know that it's not personal and it's yeah. about me. It's <laughs> it's not about you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And honestly mornings with Deb Just as a poet, I have to go with Priya because you know the sun, like the descriptions, the metaphors. Oh I was just God. compelled and drawn in and I feel like a romanticized vision is something that I need in my daily life. Deb, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. No, that's shit. 
you needed this break. But I think the award actually goes to Enoch. No, no, you're doing that for thing. the Just killer line of this is a movie about twenty somethings about twenty somethings <laughs> the, and the universal thing. <laughs> the universal Look, I'll, break, thing I'll, I'll break the trophy in half. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> also, Enoch and I are about to be thirty somethings in three years. Yeah, which huge. Is like my new thing is like return. Saying, <laughs> saying I'm a thirty something in three years time. Um. Should, well, we've got a spotlight coming up. Yeah, just spotlight. Before we pivot. And before we go, so our resident film buff. Spelled B-U-F-F. <laughs> Pop star genius Gus interviews... Spelled P-O-P. <laughs> Gus McGrath interviews MIF artistic director Al Cossa about MIF Play, which is a streaming service that is available nationwide, just Ooh. like the FIFA. Yes. Um, and it's a really nice interview. Spotlight. My name's Gus McGraw. I'm so excited to be joined by a member of MIF's team. Could you please introduce yourself, Al? Tell us who you are, what you do, what your role is at MIF. Uh, my name's Al Costa. I'm artistic director for the Melbourne International Film Festival. I So we're talking MIF play today, so... We might not be in Melbourne. Sadly, we might not be the Melbourne International Film Festival, but doesn't mean that we can't still watch films that have been playing. I wanted to know how you put the MIF Play program together because obviously, I mean, I imagine stuff like distribution deals come to affect it, but how how do you actually pick like which things are on there? Because it is a like it's a curated program. Absolutely. So MIF is, you know, it's 18 days of cinema, but now it's also a whole season of MIF Play. And what we want to do with the um, with the platform is really give audiences an insight into, you know, the world of cinema that we present in cinema at MIF. So there's over 60 shorts and features. Um, it's a festival highlights program. There's Australian filmmaking, but there's also a real diverse span of, of global cinema there as well. Um, there are absolutely distribution sensitivities and the digital space is definitely a sensitive one. Um, we've been working in it since 2020 when, you know, like, like everyone, COVID made that the necessity. Um, but the thing I think that's really interesting is that we've retained it uh, as a festival going forward. And we have a hybrid really cinema and digital delivery for MIF now. Uh, and, you know, audiences are still recovering. So there is still an element of COVID that is in the background there in terms of people, you know, who have chosen more to stay home um, and to less engage um, with with things kind of, you know, in the in the span of event going that might have been the case 2019 and before. But for audiences outside of that, there's such an amazing inclusivity and accessibility potential with it, whether you're, you know, older or have uh, illness or mobility issues, whether you're regional audiences that are physically removed from a cinema, or maybe you're just a young family who just can't get out on a Friday night anymore. Um, and, you know, it's changed really what our audience is because, uh, you know, with MIF, you're basically, you're one person buying a ticket, going to a cinema. And with MIF Play, you could be a household watching a film together uh, and you're a national audience, which is something that's been new for us as well. Um, so in terms of what we have in the program, yeah, there's a there's a global array of festival highlights that's there. Um, and, you know, we also have episodic content in there as well. 
So there's some uh, Australian works like The Amazing Rebel with a uh, Rebel with a Cause, which is a four-part episodic series, um, has incredible, um, prolific documentary stories of uh, Aboriginal activism and resistance. Um, or you have something that is absolutely marathon mode, like the kind of thing that you might get into that binge viewing mentality for, but a real festival kind of film to be an alternative to the streaming options you have at home. Um, that's called uh, Tranquilican. It's it's an Argentinian film, or really it's a four, nearly four and a half hour, uh, 12 chapter, two feature work. It's about a woman's disappearance, but it's also really this kind of meta story that goes from detective story to, to romance to something that becomes a little supernatural and almost a monster movie in there as well um, across this epic presentation. I mean, things like that are total kind of binge viewership material, um, but they're also far, far out of the orbit of, of your Netflixes and your really like, you know, everyday streaming platforms. Because while we want to be at homes, we also want to be an alternative to, to what you can already see. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I guess to to finish up, I want to throw throw some quick questions. I have five other hosts on this show. There's so many hosts on this show. So I thought maybe I would briefly describe them and see if you had maybe a recommendation for those specific people if you're if you're up for that. So to start, yeah, for sure. Bruce, who I generally co-host with, he's he's very stone faced. He's very cynical, and he's very he's a he's a film buff he's a cineast what would you what would you recommend to to stone-faced bruce yeah stone-faced bruce uh what we've got for you is uh Wegmeister harmonies by balatar really cinephile territory this is a brand new 4k restoration um, of a really iconic work um it is described as slow cinema but i find it absolutely mesmerizing you know absolutely beautiful it's essential cinema um it's a gorgeous restoration um and it's absolutely one for bruce huge it's a great movie i've seen it yeah it's it's beautiful um okay next up priya and enoch who are kind of bruce and i's uh opposite side maybe our shadow side they they love a bit of gossip but they're very sincere deep down at heart uh they love a good story they love to feel moved even if it's a bit silly sometimes mm-hmm I'd say try one last evening. It's a uh, it's a German film. It's a single location film. It's uh it's sort of a mm, a dinner party of awkward kind of dramedy that mutates and goes in these different directions. Um, it's really well realized. It has that real precision of kind of awkward social unease, but it's very funny and it's very endearing as well. I think something like that would be great. That sounds perfect. And last but not least, Jen and Andre, who started this show, the two most chaotic gay people you've ever met. What would you recommend them? <laughs> um, Tessa Susanna, um, Sebastian Lifshitz. It's um, this documentary uh, about really a refuge, I, I guess you could describe it out, in the Catskill Mountains in the 50s and the 60s. Um, and it became this really safe, encouraging, inclusive space uh, for transgender women and cross-dressing men. And it's a fascinating uh, historical LGBTQ doc. Um, I think it's, yeah, really, really something of, of interest. Oh, this is so good. All right, thank you for all these recommendations. I will personally be taking them. I hope they take them, but if not, I've, I've 
I'm all ears. Thank you so much, Al, for your time. So excited for the Myth Play program, which is already up and running. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope the rest of the, the festival goes well. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.